we've been doing the series live. This is the second week. We're kind of wrapping it up. We're finishing. Um, we're starting a new series next Sunday. Um, today, we're going to be looking at kind of two chapters in John. We're going to be looking at John 9 and John 10. Um, I'm going to pretty much read through most of the text because there's kind of a, a lot in here that is kind of context-related. That if I just say the one part without the first part, it doesn't make so much sense why he says it. And it can be really misleading. So, chapter 9. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but the works of God might be displayed in him. This is a great opportunity to see what God's going to do. It's a wicked thing to say. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground, made mud with saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he sent him to sent, which is pretty funny. So he went and washed him and he came back seeing. The neighbours and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, 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 it's not him, but it's like him. And he kept saying, "Um, guys, I'm kind of here. I am that guy. And so they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? He said, the man called Jesus made mud, anointed my eyes, said to me, go to the scent and wash. So when I went and washed, I received my sight. And they asked him, where is he? He said, I don't know, like, geez, Louise. Um, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But the others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? And he opened it since he opened your eyes. He said he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of the man who received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, ask him. He is of age. They didn't want to get thrown out of the community. So for the second time, they called the man who'd been born blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know is I was blind, but now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Man, send him for them. And they reviled him, saying, are you his disciple? But we are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why? This is an amazing thing. You do not know where he co- he's come from. Yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world has begun has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. 
they answered him, you were born in utter sin and you would teach us and they cast him out. Jesus heard that they cast him out and having found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? And he said, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said, you have seen him, (laughs) which is such a bar. You have seen him. And it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now you say we see, your guilt remains. Basically, yes. So... This is an amazing, amazing moment. So there's the Sabbath day. There is this day of rest, this day of ceasing, which our next series for the next three weeks is all going to be about rest. We're going to be looking at Sabbath next as we finish Chai. So there's this moment here where we have this overlap where Jesus is soon going to start speaking to us about what life is and what life is about. And here on the Sabbath, these guys have this one-track mind where they see the law as being this text and what it says is what it says and they don't see the layers within it now sabbath means to cease or to rest now here is a man who has been in the struggle here is a man who's had no rest his whole life he's never been able to see and in this moment jesus makes him whole he sends him to scent washes his eyes and the guy can see and the only thing they can say when they see this man in this situation is This kind of thing shouldn't be happening on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a time to cease, and this man is working. What they fail to see is the fulfillment of God's law, that we should rest on the Sabbath. For the first Sabbath in this man's life, he got to cease in his struggle. For the first time in this man's life, he got to enter into the rest of his Lord that he's never had before. And all they want to talk about is the law of the Sabbath, not understanding this is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. That this guy is now entering into the rest. He's ceasing from the struggle. He's ceasing from the pain. He's entering into the period of the joy of his Lord. And they are furious and they don't want him to be a part of the party. And when it comes down to it, Jesus says in earshot of them, these rulers, these people, he says, some Um, He says, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. He's saying, you've had the law, you've had it. How you interpret it? You're blind. You can't see the joy of the Lord. You can't see that a man has ceased from struggle today. You can't see that a man has entered into rest that has never had rest. They can't see it. They're so blind. They're so stuck with this one-dimensional law, not realizing it's 3D, it's 4D, it's got other dimensions to it, it's got power, this man's liberated. He's entering into a new stage in his life where he will finally experience the fulfillment of God's word in his life. And then Jesus goes on to say, Truly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all the... All his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. They know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This is a figure of speech Jesus was using with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. If you are out and about and you're shopping and your mum talks to you and says to come this way or to go that way or to do this or to do that, you generally do it. There are days when kids throw wobblies and tantrums and they don't do what they're told. We get that, we've all done it. But you hear your mum's voice, you go with them. A shepherd isn't something that you and I relate to. How many of you guys have ever shepherded sheep? 
No one. I've done cows, never done sheep. Uh, how many of you guys know a friend who's a farmer that has sheep? None of us. We live in London. You know what I mean? It's not real for us. But Jesus is taking a picture that is so real. So we're going to take this one aspect of mothers for this particular moment in this passage that they, we know our mum's voice. And our mum says something and we do it. Some next lady on the street starts talking to you and starts trying to lead you somewhere. You don't follow her because you don't know her. You don't know her voice that way. You're not hers. You belong to your mother. You belong to your father. You're theirs. And that's what Jesus is saying in this passage. He's talking about the shepherd. Now the shepherd, his relationship for his sheep wasn't just today. It wasn't just about the profit and the bottom line. They cared for their sheep. Their sheep were valuable in money, but they would treat their sheep like they were worth more than money. And we're going to get to why in a second. So this figure of speech he spoke, they didn't understand. So they didn't understand. So this is really key here because we think this story is about a blind man, but actually it's about a different kind of people that are blind. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep do not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and they, and they scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. I lay my life down for my sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must also bring them. They will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up. This charge I received from my Father. There again was a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, they are not the words who come from an oppressed man by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So, we have this huge discussion, this huge discourse, but the important thing is about who Jesus says he is. You may have like all sorts of, Jody and I are going to find out about this very soon, a couple of months, baby's going to be here. How we live our lives is going to completely shift. We're going to live for them. We're going to live for them to achieve that they may have, they may have this, they may have that. And you know what? Our parents do the exact same thing with us. They see us and they make sacrifices to us to have and have more abundantly, to have more than we have, not just to get by. And in this passage, what Jesus is saying is he's saying, my sheep know my voice. This man who they've written off as a sinner and they have disenfranchised, they've separated him from the synagogue, they've separated him from their collective. He can't be a part of this. Jesus says, they know my voice and they stay near to me. But the thief and the robber, the hireling, they don't follow them. And when he's saying this, he's doing something really powerful and deliberate because the ruling authority... These guys that have been judging this scenario, they, he compares to a hireling. He says, you guys are hired. You're just hired hands by my father. You're just the establishment. These aren't your sheep. You don't lay your life down for them. You don't sacrifice for them. What do you do? You steal from them. You kill and you destroy. You steal from the people. You'll kill people that disagree with you. You'll destroy things, building your own empire, your own system. But me, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who lays my life down. I give my life for you. Because I have come that you may have life, and not just have life to exist, but more abundantly. And as he says the more abundantly, the thing about Jesus is this. It's different from my teaching and anything I would say or any other teacher we encounter. In the New Testament, they say, who is this man who teaches with authority? Because his words and his actions can't be separated. 
can't separate them. So when he says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, there's a guy who just had life and life more abundantly, standing a few meters away, who couldn't see and now he sees. Because he comes to give us that. And so when we look at Chai and we look at what God is saying and what God has for us, is he has this for us. You may feel in certain areas of your life that you're just coasting through, that you're just existing. Well, what Jesus says is, I am the good shepherd. I gave my life that you may have life and life more abundantly, that you're not limited to this, that you're not held into this. He says, I am the door. I am the gate that brings you in and out. And, and, and this pasture, he doesn't talk about it being restrictive going in and out it's wider it's bigger these guys have just said you're doing this on the sabbath this is wrong this is messed up he's going it's bigger than that it's not as limited to the dimensions that you see it that he comes and he comes to give us life we read this story and the way the story starts off is it talks about jesus heals a man born blind but the man born blind sees just fine he sees just fine it's the religious rulers of his day that cannot see past anything. They can't see who Jesus is and they can't see what he's saying. In the scriptures he says here that he came that those who see wouldn't see and those who wouldn't see would see. He came that those who are living lives like this man born blind struggle, the struggle of life, caught in the pain and the hardship of it, that are willing to see and confess what they are that they might receive his healing. He says, those guys are the guys that I've come for. And there are those that aren't a part of my flock that I'm calling to be a part of it. Still today, there are people who aren't a part of his flock. And he's called us as a church at City Hill to be people that call those who are far off to come near, to encounter him. I'm going to kind of pray for us and then we're going to wrap up for this Sunday. Father, I thank you for life. I thank you that you came to give us life more abundantly. I thank you that you're the good shepherd, Jesus, that lays down his life for his sheep. We know you laid down your life and you gave it for us. We just ask, Lord, that um, during this period on Mother's Day, as we celebrate our mums, as we go home and we, we thank them for all that they've done for us and we give them cards, we give them presents, food or, or whatever it is we're planning to do or flowers, Father, we just pray at this time we honour and we thank them for being like Jesus. We thank you that they lay their lives down for us, that we may have life. But we thank you, God, for more than that. Because what you have done is so great. You have come that we may have life and life more abundantly. That, Father, may we not live lives where we fear failure. May we live lives that fear mediocrity. May we not be people that live with this limited view, restrained and held captive. But may we live lives full of your freedom. May we know you as the good shepherd. And may we live as you live, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.